Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It feels like we have finally broken the back of that heat wave, 108 degrees last week. Uh, and it feels like it's broken uh, Saturday uh, this weekend. And then today we're recording on Sunday. They feel like it has moderated a lot. We definitely needed the break. Uh, we still need the rain, but uh, well, it's nice to have a little bit cooler temperature out here in the desert. It is. And uh, I'll tell you, I am just tired and getting worn out of seeing property damaged in New Mexico by protesters, not the legitimate protesters. I understand that. But if I owned a building on Central in Albuquerque and it was torn up and the glass broken and a car set on fire and the police department wouldn't come help me and the president of the United States wants to send in federal agents to stop this, I don't see why we wouldn't be for that. But we seem to be mad at the federal troops and the president rather than the people that are doing the damage. That's exactly right, Derek. And you see that going on nationwide, mostly in Democrat-controlled cities and states. You have the protests that have turned very violent. We all agreed when the protests were mounting up peacefully in the streets, saying that we're not going to stand it any longer, the police brutality, the killing of George Floyd, all of those things were hitting a sympathetic element. And now it has become one of destruction. That is because the movement has been taken over by outright Marxists, by Antifa, and they just are intent on not just destroying buildings. That's just a symbol. They're not just intent on destroying statues. Those are symbols. What they're trying to do is erase who we think we are. They're trying to take that out of our consciousness and say that we're something else, that we're something bad, and that we're something that that should be destroyed. And that is what has caused a lot of people to react against them. Much of America is solidly in favor of this country. They understand the good things that it has done throughout history. They're in total disagreement with the Democrats who are claiming that we need to do away with this America, with the free market, with the opportunities that everyone has had, that we should take everything and redistribute it. This is just outright socialism. Most people don't like the idea of government control. They don't like the idea of the government taking what they have, giving it someone who has worked less. And so you're going to find that playing out very heavily in the November elections. So it was very surprising when the elected officials, especially Senator Martin Heinrich, called for the sheriff to resign. The sheriff of Bernalillo County was either invited or asked to go to the White House to speak about getting more federal support in here. And when he did that, then Martin Heinrich, the senator from New Mexico, asked him to resign. They referred to him as saying that he was inviting the stormtroopers from Trump's administration in here. They called him secret police. You know, the other side always talks to us in moral overtones about the need for more bipartisanship. Yet when they actually see it in operation, when one of their friends say they're going to vote for Trump, when one of their friends says a kind word about a Republican, they come out and seem to have this trolling force that goes in to try to destroy anyone who speaks up. So it's not surprising that Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, longtime Democrat and a faithful Democrat, one that loves this country, went to Washington to visit with the president. Now, he invited the president in here. I'm sure that one of the things they both talked about was the fact that New Mexico has more 
federal installations than exist probably in any other state. We've got Sandia National Labs, we've got Kirkland Air Force Base, we've got the Air Force Research Labs, Los Alamos Labs, and that's just there in that one part of New Mexico. And so the federal government has a deep investment here. As we watch in Portland with the rioters every night now, 60 nights running, they've tried to burn down that federal building. Imagine if they're trying to burn down Sandia Labs and what the police would do. You remember the Albuquerque police actually asked the governor to send in highway patrols, send in that augmenting force for us because we can't keep crime down in the city. Also, the district attorney in Bernalillo County asking the federal government to let some of his prosecutors be classified and registered as federal prosecutors. He also asked for the Justice Department to send in more federal prosecutors. And so we have had many items in the past where people have been asking for support. And now when the sheriff actually says we need more help, then people call on him to resign. I just think shame on Senator Heinrich for calling these people stormtroopers. That has nothing to do with what it is. It has to do with a violent crime. Operation Legend is designed to stop the violent crime. And so that's what the president is sending his troops in for, to help quell the violent crime, but also to protect the federal installations. And Manny, uh, the sheriff, Manny Gonzalez, mentioned that 16 years Years ago, federal troops were sent in to help Albuquerque, and I guess that was okay because it wasn't President Trump doing it. When it's President Trump, they're stormtroopers. That's the problem with hate. You know, when you hate something so much, then it clouds your judgment. So like the sheriff says, hey, we've done this before, and they didn't hate as much as they hated George Bush. They didn't hate him as bad as they hate Donald Trump. So I worry that this hate that's coming from the left is clouding the judgment on a lot of matters. But certainly, if we can get help quelling the crime in New Mexico, that's something that speaks to all of us. A safer New Mexico is good for everybody, Republican, Democrat, and Independent. So I'm strongly supportive of what the president's doing. I'm strong strongly supportive of the federal missions that exist here in New Mexico. Got to see those closely as a congressman and know the value to the country, but also the value of New Mexico to the country for hosting many of these particular installations. Talk to me about Vernon Jones. He's a Democrat representative from Georgia, and he resigned. Vernon Jones is a black Democrat state rep from Georgia. He's come out totally in favor of President Trump. He is saying that one party speaks about improving things for black lives. The other party is doing things. And he points to the success in rising wages and in uh, lowering unemployment among blacks, more opportunities, more prosperities in the black community. So he is all out in favor of, of President Trump. And that's an important voice. These conservative Democrats who are not going to change their registration are going to determine the outcome of this election. And so when voices like his come up, then it's very important. We're going to be visiting in the next segment with Paris Denard. He works for the Republican National Committee as the communication advisor for black media affairs throughout the country. And so we're going to be visiting with him more in depth about the communication with not just minorities, but specifically with black minorities from this administration. It's one one of the reasons that I believe that President Trump is going to win re-election because not only is he doing things for people, he's including them into the discussion. So when I hear these polls that say the president's down by 10 or 11, what you can do is you can change the sampling. Instead of 32 or 33 percent Republicans, you simply poll 23 or 24 percent, and you can skew any poll that you want to just by changing that makeup of the poll 
polling audience. So I don't myself worry about the polls too much. They showed President Trump trailing Hillary Clinton all the way on election night. It was a surprise to most of the media because they had bought into that idea. And so I don't watch the polls that closely. What I watch are people like Paris Denard, people like uh, Representative Vernon Jones, black Americans who speak out and say I'm conservative, I'm Republican or a Democrat, and I'm voting for Trump. That's what I watch. I believe that Trump is going to win a second term. I believe New Mexico is going to vote for Trump. Steve Pierce and I will return in just a moment with our special guest on Inside New Mexico. On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I am talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. And Steve, I have our special guest standing by on the telephone. Well, Derek, as we mentioned in the last segment, we're joined by a special guest today, Paris Denard. He is the communications advisor for Black Media Affairs for the Republican National Committee. It's a group that I know well and one that I'm coming to respect more and more every day. So, Paris, thanks for being on the program with us today. Tell us a little bit about your background. Let the people in New Mexico know who you are and where you came from. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's a great honor to be with you. I am from originally Phoenix, Arizona, so not too far away from Albuquerque, a New Mexico area. I have an uncle, actually, that lives in Albuquerque, Preston Denard, who went to University of New Mexico. He graduated from the University of New Mexico, playing the football team. My mother attended University of New Mexico, so I'm very familiar with the state. Used to go there during the summers for football camps and basketball camps, Michael Cooper and my uncle Preston's football camp there. So I grew up in Phoenix, went to Pepperdine University in California for college and have been in D.C. ever since 2005 when I moved out here to intern in the George W. Bush administration, where I was an intern in political affairs and then was hired and uh, spent four years in the White House, and then two years of the Republican National Committee. And now I'm back some years later as the senior advisor for communications for Black Media Affairs. Tell me a little bit about what the RNC is doing with Black communications across the country. Well, I appreciate the question about that because it's really important for us to engage. What Ronald McDaniel, our chairman, wanted us to do was to engage with the black community everywhere that they were. So if they were going to be reading the newspaper, they might read the, the, the mainstream newspaper, but in addition to that, they might read the black-owned newspaper. They may watch CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, but they may also watch the black news channel because niche areas are important to certain particular groups. And so Chairwoman McDaniel said, Paris, can you come on board and make sure our Republican message the things that the president is doing for the community are actually getting to where the black people are reading or watching and consuming news. And so we've been engaging in a mighty way the black community in terms of black media, black-owned media, black journalists, because we know that this president is doing so many positive things for black America that we want to amplify that message and make sure that the people that are benefiting from it 
get the information and can hopefully spread it and learn by what this president is doing. Is this a good opportunity for us to amplify and to share the message of the Republican Party, but also the message of what this president is doing to a diverse group of people? Tell us a little bit about the stories that you've found nationwide as you dare to go out and, and tell people you're voting for Trump, that you are conservative, that you're a Republican. Tell me a little bit about the responses that you've seen. Well, you know, the response has been overwhelmingly positive, to be honest with you, is because I've been a Republican since I was about 16, 15, 16 years old. And so I know exactly why I'm a Republican. I know exactly what the values that I ascribe to that the Republican Party has. And I know why I'm voting for Donald J. Trump for president again. And so I'm able to talk about that from a place of conviction and passion. And I'm also able to do so knowing what the president is doing for diverse communities of color. And so people first say, I didn't know. I just did not know he was doing these things. And I always say, if you don't, don't take my word for it. You know, Congressman, they say, don't take your word for it. Do the research. Look at yourself and find out what the president is doing, because once you do that, you'll be able to see that this is a president that is putting you first and putting these communities of color first. And so when you are able to talk about it and educate people, it's a good thing because then they open up their hearts and their minds to actually understanding what the president is doing so that they can see how it's impacting their family. And then what I've been able to do is and we've gone around and say, hey, listen, look at the records of Joe Biden. Look at the records of President Trump in terms of the issues that you care about. If this issue of life, if the issue is criminal justice reform, if it's education like school choice or charter schools, or if it's issues of lower taxes if you're a small business owner or whatever the, the things might be, examine the records. And I believe when they examine the record, they will lean more towards what President Trump has actually done. And so it's just been really eye-opening because we've been able to educate and inform people to the realities of what they don't always see because there is a false narrative that is being put in the mainstream media about who Donald Trump is or what a Republican is or is not. And so I've enjoyed this opportunity to do it formally on behalf of the Republican National Committee as well as the president. We're speaking today with Paris Denard. He is the communication advisor for Black Media Affairs for the Republican National Committee. Again, conservative who has been a Republican since about 16. Long family roots in New Mexico. Again, working nationally to see that we don't just make assumptions as a nation that everyone who is of this race or that race is naturally going to be registered one way or another. Just stopping with the assumptions is very important. Now, I'm going to play a clip, if you don't mind, of Joe Biden exhibiting exactly the opposite characteristic when he was talking to Charlemagne recently. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard it, but I'd like your comments after we play it. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. What do you think, Paris? I think that that was a paternalistic, ignorant, and bigoted comment to make. Bob Johnson, who is the founder of Black Entertainment Television, said Joe Biden should spend the rest of his 
stays on the campaign trail, apologizing to every black person that he meets because of that comment alone. I think it was not only offensive to black Republicans, but it was offensive to black Democrats because there are many black Democrats who aren't supporting Joe Biden, who didn't vote for him in the primary. And so what he's saying is if you were voting for Kamala Harris or if you're voting for Cory Booker or Elizabeth Warren or, or anyone else, you aren't black. And that's not what we want to hear from elected officials. That's not a positive thing. And I think it's also an act of voter suppression, because if there are black people out there who might be considering giving the Republican Party a first look or giving President Trump a second look, you have former Vice President Joe Biden out there saying that you don't have a connection to your community. You don't get to be a member of your community because you are voting for somebody that is not me or that is not a Democrat. So I found it to be offensive. I didn't find it all too shocking because I know Joe Biden's track record and history of saying things like this. But at the end of the day, I think the American people, the black voters in this country are smarter and understand that you can be a free-thinking, independent-minded American and make your own decisions about who you want to vote for based upon your own values and what is best for yourself, your community, and for your family. We've been visiting in this segment with Paris Denard. He's the communication advisor for Black Media Affairs for the Republican National Committee. Paris, thanks so much for taking time to visit with our New Mexico radio stations today and our listeners out here. Always great to talk to you. Keep up the great work there in Washington and come back and visit us once in a while. Let us know when you're in town. We'll buy you lunch. I will. And I just want to say this. Thank you for the work that you're doing. New Mexico is in play. New Mexico matters. And I know with your help, uh, with all of your listeners, we will make this country great again through the election of President Donald Trump for four more years. So thank you for everything that you're doing. That's Paris Denard speaking from Washington, D.C. with the Republican National Committee. Paris, again, thank you very much from the bottom of our heart. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Steve Pierce and I will return in just a moment with more Inside New Mexico. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, and I am talking with our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce. And Steve, our governor has set another public health order on opening of schools this fall. Tell us about it. Well, she says that we're not going to do in-person schooling, at least through Labor Day. And and I suspect, based on all the other things she's done, it's going to extend much beyond that. I start off by referring to the New Mexico Constitution, Article 12, Section 1, reads, and I quote, a uniform system of free public schools sufficient for the education and open to all the children of school age in the state shall be established and maintained. A uniform system that is sufficient for the education and open to all the children of school age. So what our point is, as the Republicans, is that the governor is setting some class warfare into action. That is, the wealthy families, their kids are always going to have plenty of opportunities. If they need mentoring, they can get it. If they need tutoring, they can get that. Need a high 
entire speed computer or computer network, they can get that. It's the working class families, the people who struggle from payday to payday, that this system is not going to be sufficient for. There's a group called Latino Decisions that has polled and they find that 81% of Latinos are afraid that their kids are already too much away from school, that they're not being present in the classroom and that they're not learning in this online system that has been set up. That speaks to what the governor is doing. She understands that many families can't compete in this venue, and yet she continues to push ahead on it. Now, she quotes the science, and let's take a moment to look at the science. 22 countries around the world have already started public schools. There are strong studies coming from Europe, from Australia, from around the globe, which say that school-age kids, number one, don't pick up the virus very easily. And if they get it, they don't transmit it. So they had a study in Australia, took 15 schools. They identified nine students and nine staff with the COVID-19. And then they tracked the 863 close contacts that associated with these nine students and nine staffers. Of the 863, 63 very close contacts, only two actually got the virus. And so the studies and the scientists are becoming more and more confident that school-age kids don't transmit and they don't take the virus in very easily at all. And so the science is actually arguing exactly opposite of what the governor is. And so I believe that if we took precautions, you can easily social distance in classrooms. You can wipe down the desks. There are a lot of things we can do that would say that we can operate our schools very effectively. But I'm afraid the New Mexico education system, which is already 50th in the country, is going to fall even further behind because the governor says she's looking at science that is different than the science that most of the countries around the world are looking at. So we're going to continue to raise the question, is it constitutional for her to give this order, which does not satisfy the Constitution, that it is uniform and sufficient for the education of all children. It is not sufficient and is not uniform. Most of the kids in working families, they depend on the computers at school. They depend on the access to the internet from the schools. Many of the rural homes don't have internet at all. Others have very slow internet, so there's no way they can compete with the faster internet speeds that exist in most of the school systems and definitely in more of the prosperous neighborhoods in New Mexico. Dr. David Scrace, Secretary of the state's Human Services Department, made a comment that with kids in school, parents are free to go out and about, have more contacts, go to stores, go back to work, for example, in person rather than working from home. Now, you and I know parents going back to work, earning a living, spending money, shopping would boost the economy. There is a theory that if we can keep the states locked down, the economy won't get better and that'll keep Trump from winning. That's definitely a discussion that's being had. And from a lot of indications, New Mexico is going to suffer because of it. It's shameful if that is the reasoning that they're doing it. Aside from not allowing the schools to open, restaurants were allowed a short 38 minutes of indoor dining. Tell us how that happened. What happened is that the restaurants filed an emergency restraining order against the governor saying that they couldn't make a living, that they should be able to open. The governor didn't even bother sending her people down there. She didn't even have a legal team in the courtroom. So the judge shrugs and said, "Okay, if nobody cares from that side, I'm going to let them open back up. So he completely set aside the governor's public health order to close restaurants. Well, then the governor's team went running the Supreme Court in an unprecedented show of agility. The Supreme Court, within 38 minutes, came out and said, oops, 
Well, they just forgot the dog ate her homework. You got to give them a little bit longer to get the homework turned in. So neither one actually decided much on the health order. They simply were responding to the process. So the governor has had another week to prepare a case that she should have showed up in court in the first time. She's a lawyer herself. She knows how this works. And yet it was just sheer arrogance and a poke in the eye of the restaurants and a poke in the eye of the judge down in Carlsbad that it was going in front of. You notice that our case going to the Supreme Court required weeks for them to hear it. And so it's finally going to come on August the 4th, but we filed that like 60 or 80 days ago. So her quick turnaround, I guess that just tells you where and how important it is to have political stroke in a Democrat-controlled state. We have an opportunity to change that in November. How can our listeners help? So follow us on Facebook at GOP New Mexico. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can take a look at our webpage. Just uh, look for Republican Party of New Mexico. Or you can call us at 505-298-3662. We're always looking for volunteers. Come on, help us out. Let's reelect Trump. Let's keep making this state great again. So help us reelect him. President Trump has closed the Chinese consulate in Houston, Texas. Please tell us why he did that. He said that they're spying on the very latest medical technology that's available in the Houston area. So he made them shut it down. I don't know if it's a response to that, but right now the Christians in China are going through an unprecedented cleansing. Always, always to be a Christian in China has had its risks, both politically and economically. But now then the state police are going into homes. They're looking for any sign of Christianity. People who have these signs manifested are not being able to work. They're not being able to speak. They're not allowed to have any contact. And so basically they're going to starve the Christians to death there. I don't know if it's a response to Trump, but definitely I have watched this issue for years since I went to China in 2005. And so now that to see the government of China responding this harshly to the freedom of religion. You recognize how tenuous our freedoms are throughout the world, but especially in places like China. We can talk about China, but last week the Supreme Court decided that churches can't open. This was a Nevada case brought all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and I forget the exact numbers, but uh, you can only gather if you have 50 people or, or maybe it's just even 25. So the Supreme Court says that you're not not allowed to gather in groups if you're a church, but if you're a casino, you can gather in very large numbers. You can have much more compression. You can have much more lack of social distancing. We've talked a couple of weeks ago about John Roberts has not only begun to side with the left, he has become one of the mainstays of the left. He again joined with the four very liberal court justices to affirm that you don't have freedom of religion, but you do have the freedom of casinos in Nevada. So we can watch China but we also ought to be aware of what's happening in freedom of religion circles here in the U.S. Thank you, Steve. I've been talking with Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. I'll look forward to getting together with you and our listeners again next week on Inside New Mexico.